This is the Kent Business Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the next episode of the Kent Business Podcast and today we're doing something slightly different. Um, so rather than just necessarily interviewing the guest, we've got um, my guest here, Kirsten Gibbs from Gibbs and Partners. Um, she's going to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing today and focusing a little bit more about the service rather than you know the story of the business itself. So it will really help you guys understand what it is that Gibbs and Partners do and also a little bit about what Maximum Media can do as well, which is fantastic. So, um, welcome, Kirsten. Hello. Hello. So, take us through a l- what we're going to be doing today. Okay. So, what I'm going to do with you today is the first stage of what I call defining your promise of value. Okay. And your promise of value as a business is everything that you do and the way you do it for your clients that makes the ones that love you, love you and come back. Yes. Okay, fantastic. So uh, we're going to be going through it kind of um, stage by stage, I understand. So we'll start on the first stage today and then we'll review it again in a month's time and then continue that process until we're fully done. Is that correct? Yes, basically. What I'm going to do today is gather all the information. Basically, I'm kind of sucking out of your head all the stuff you take for granted about what you do and so you never talk about it so today I'm getting it out of your head onto paper and then I will take it away analyze it and turn it into a tool that you can then use for your marketing okay fantastic so um, just as as a brief bit of information for everybody listening I mean who are Gibson partners (laughs) okay Gibson partners is essentially me And um, what we do as a business is effectively help small businesses employing between two and nine people to scale beyond that number. Uh, I've been doing some research recently and finding that an awful lot of uh, two to four size businesses would like to be significantly bigger. And even more, about 23% of five to nine businesses would like to be significantly bigger. But they frequently have difficulty achieving that. They fluctuate uh, between employing more people and then going back down again. Some of them right down back to one person. Why do you think that is? Because it's quite difficult to employ more people. Even if they're not employees, they might be subcontractors. But it's quite difficult beyond a certain size to communicate these things that make you special and the way you want things done. So uh, what I'm about in Gibson Partners is helping people to do that, to find a way of communicating how the business is, the way things get done around here, so that they can actually then scale beyond that small number of people without losing any of the stuff that makes them special. Yeah. So the problem is small businesses, you don't want to be, you don't want to turn corporate. You want to keep all that stuff that makes it lovely to be in a small business, but you also want to get bigger and we've got ways of doing that for you. Okay, fantastic. And one of those ways we're going to be looking at today. The start of the process. The start of the process. Okay, fantastic. So, uh, I mean, uh, aside from that, I think it's probably time for us to just dive straight in. Yep. 
Let's um, do that so, then. So what should we do first then, Kirsten? So what we're going to do, basically, we just start capturing the stuff. We dive right in. I've got here a, a poster that we will fill in with post-it notes, but the first job is for you to write some post-it notes. So I want you to, on uh, one thing per post-it note, Yes. so it can be a word, a sentence, a phrase, anything, but only one thing per post-it note. Uh, some people like to write lists. Yes. Uh, but one thing per post-it note, just write down all the things that are good, brilliant, about maximum media. Okay, and how many do I have to do? Is there like a limit? There's no or it's limit. Just until I'm going to let you go. Until I can stop thinking um, about until it. Until you've run out. Okay, right, so let's go. So the first one I'm going to be putting down is innovation. You don't need to tell me yet what they are. We'll okay. do that later. You're going to talk about them. Yes. But I want you just to quickly write them down and think of them first, if that's okay. Okay, no problem. So let's take a think about what. And it can be, it's things that you think are good about what you do for your clients. It's things about you think are good about the way you do things. It can even be as simple as things that, that make it good for you as a person to work here. Can't think of anything else. I don't think. No, that'll do. No, I think yeah. That'll think be good for now because I've got a way to get some more out of you. Anyway, okay. so that will be good for now. So now what I want you to do is you're going to take those one at a time. Don't worry about being neat about this. Okay. But I want you to one at a time take them, stick them onto here under the what is good about us. Okay. And as you do that, you explain to me why you've put what you've put. Okay, great. So. Um, the fast decision. So the fast decision is all about um, how quickly we can turn things around for our clients. So it's the speed of which we can make a decision and just go with it. And I think that's something that a lot of SMEs have at the beginning, but then kind of grow out of almost where there has to be you know a thousand different answers before you can get the yes or no um so that's that's something that i really like about us um we provide a personal service which creates i think it it builds onto a couple of other points that i've put as well but it's just we are very personal in the way we do things so we we're not a big corporate company where you don't really have a face to it um, it is very much you build the relationships with the people who will be working with you and and doing the best for you as well. But also, I would say the thing itself feels very personal. Yes. It's people talking to you. It's human beings talking to other human beings. Yes. So I think there's another aspect of that personal, which is almost human. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just building off that. That's why um, the and I've got it here, is that the podcast kind of build off of that, is that the the reason we started the podcast was to make businesses in Kent seem more personal. Um, so you don't have the, the polished marketing um, and all of the, the, fancy, uh, the fancy images and videos, which is fantastic to have, but there's an element of personal that has to be there for people to care about what you do. So what that does is help, uh, help SMEs present themselves in a much more authentic yeah, way absolutely. so authentic would be a good word authentic yeah definitely so we've got and um, we care so the reason i put that is because i i actually care about my clients um 
I think it's quite simple for everybody to just say that they care, um, which is great. But, you know, for me, it's kind of the reason I started the business in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, sorry. So, yes, there's an element of it'd be great to be my own boss and it'd be great to make money for myself. But um, I think there's just a level of care that, that comes from being what especially with what we do there's a level of care there um so we care about how people sound we care about how people come across we care about how real they're being and it's uh and that's kind of how we built the business from that so as it, well. yeah and then again so it's not just technology for the sake of the technology not just because you can do it but because it's a good way for somebody to do it yeah absolutely that's really yeah. good um and also with the which is here somewhere, um, but I've actually put return on investment as well. So the level of return on investment, considering our pricing structure, um, it kind of mixes in with we care. We could charge a hell of a lot of money because there's no other company in the UK doing it. But the reality is, is that we don't want to outprice ourselves. We actually want to make it accessible for everyone because we care that people are putting themselves out there and actually building a relationship with their clients. And relationships is the next one I'm putting down here. And relationships is, is part and parcel of that. It's building relationships with the people. It's building relationships with your audience. Um, and it's building relationships with with the client and myself as well. So it's great to have that relationship. You know, somebody, um, I had a meeting just the other day and he said, I love your approach and the way you do things because you just, you come in and you explain it. No nonsense. Um, you know, and it's just something that, that you do really well. So please don't change that as you grow um, Brilliant. I mean, okay fantastic thank you and you know that's great um, and I think that ties in nicely to my approach um, which I've put down there so exactly that you know it's it's a very different way of doing things to to normally I mean he had a a meeting similar where they charged him just for a consultation and you just think well that seems silly to me but equally I, I'm not the owner of that business um, I've got challenge and challenging here and they're, they're two different things technically. So challenge is I like to challenge the the status quo of the market um, and especially with things like video production and marketing. I mean, people are overcharging people um, and that's that's where I like to kind of challenge the market and make sure that the people are getting the best level of service possible. Challenging is the challenge of the business. Mm. And running a business is extremely challenging. Um, and, you know, you don't really find out until you make that jump. No, absolutely. And, and, the, and that leap. So when I'm in December and, you know, I'm, I'm in my previous role, I'm still getting paid a, a salary and it's comfortable. And then in January, I'm like, oh, my God, uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is something very, very different. No, I um, agree. I remember I remember saying to somebody a few years ago, you really don't get cash flow until it's yours. Yes. <laughs> And you don't get so um, offended when people don't pay <laughs> when it's your exactly. business. Um, so yeah, and and that's you know that's that's extremely challenging at times. Um, I've also put freedom there, and it's it's the freedom to do what I want as a business owner, but it's also the freedom of the business in terms of what we're able to to kind of do and push forward with it. So we have the freedom that you know if voice search doesn't work, and you know it's it could be the case you know it's it's very um 
varied you know some things just haven't worked you know look at um dvds and betamax or whatever it was you know um so it, it's interesting to see the freedom that we have to be able to to adapt to that and and adaptability is probably something i should have put down but i don't think i did i can put it <laughs> thank you so and, and adaptability is a large part of that freedom um so having the freedom to to take risks oh i like that one too risk taking <laughs> um, okay i've also put disruption here but it's kind of attached onto the challenges um it's just disrupting the market i think and maybe some of you may hate me for saying this, but I think the business climate in Kent is quite stale compared to when you go to places like London um, and even places like Essex where, you know, you have the, the London kind of businesses who move out there for their head office. But they seem to be doing quite innovative things in the market, whereas I don't think many businesses and I'm not saying all businesses, but many businesses in Kent are taking risks. And um, I think because of that, the marketplace actually looks quite stale. Um, so businesses may be doing very well in terms of profit, but looking at the next 10 years, will that continue um, mm. without the investment in many different things? I'm not just saying us, but without the investment in the future, I think businesses that you see doing very well at the moment will severely struggle in the next 10 years. That's interesting. I wonder why you why that is in Kent and not in I think it's Essex. just because there's there's a few individuals who are pushing themselves out there um, you know, and I've seen some great brand um, from from some individuals who are just growing their businesses. Um, whereas I think comfort is is something very special in Kent, and we've got a very different marketplace. So networking is prevalent. Um, prevalent, I think that's the word um, in Kent. Whereas when you go to somewhere like London, they go to network to more to meet their networking quota that they have to network. Whereas businesses is done in a very different way. Um, whereas in Kent, because if you know somebody, the likelihood is that you'll get work from them. And it's just from my previous role working in Reading and Essex and all over the place, I think Kent is a very different niche and, and how we do business. And I think it's very difficult for somebody to come in from somewhere like Essex or London to come in and then build themselves in that climate. Interesting. That's very interesting. Um, it's it's funny actually because the amount of networking events you go to and it's like this person goes to everything so they're the person who you need to know because you'll likely get business from somebody they know yeah. whereas you don't really have that so much in other areas and I think because of that businesses have grown stale and they try to know one person rather than know everybody that's very interesting okay carry on um, new and innovation I'll tag those two together because innovation for me is the culture of the business and disruptive innovation is something that I pushed from the very beginning. We want to innovate. We're the only podcasting company um, who can provide business podcasts. And, uh, you know, we've got a new product called the voice newsletter or the voice blog, um, which changes that. And it's just new. Nobody else does it. And uh, we strive for our innovation and a lot of the different techniques that we use for marketing as well. So it may be done before, but I mean, the voice side, we are innovating more than any other business in the UK. Yeah. And often that uh, that's what innovation often is. It's not coming up with some completely brand new idea that nobody's ever thought yes. of. Because let's face it, we've been around a long time. Yes. And Apple and did severely <laughs> well out of not doing that. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's about combining things that already exist in a completely different way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, and that kind of tags in with with the audio side as well. So, the audio is the innovation for us. I mean, we 
the innovation stems through the audio side, but we also do video production and we also do marketing and, you know, we are a full service agency in that sense. Um, voice search is a big one. Now, this is something that I don't think everybody understands fully, including myself. It's very new. Nobody really knows what's happening with it. And it's something that I really like because it's exciting, which is my next one. Um, is that it's it's constantly moving forward. So when you have the impact of things like Alexa and the the Google Home, uh, yeah, Google Home and Apple HomePod, um, you have these things that are just able to communicate with you passively, and it's a very different way, an interesting way of thinking about what you do on a daily basis you know cars are now having this in built in so you, you know you don't have to look at the screen and tap for what song you want you just go alexa um please play i don't know foo fighters or something like that <laughs> and it's you know it's a very different relationship that we have with the world around us and i think that will stem to things like um you know clothes or something like that where we're having wearable technology and it, it's just a massive part of the future and that's something that really excites me that is very interesting because i can envisage a future where we're all walking around like lunatics talking yes. to ourselves it looks like but we're actually talking to everything else around us yes and mm, could be interesting uh, uh, you know i'm not sure um how interested people are but in terms of the tech moving forward i mean somebody's invented an augmented reality um contact lens where as soon as you put it in you see things differently around you so it's similar to the google glass um concept but it's literally built into your eye so you see two worlds at once yeah and that is where we're going to be very strange in the future yeah it's going to be cyborg yes absolutely <laughs> um enthusiasm i would challenge anybody to try and match my enthusiasm about what we do and i I have built a business from that um, just on its own, really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the enthusiasm of the business and I think just the marketplace in Kent, I'm really excited and enthused to see businesses really put themselves out there because it's if you look at companies that have gone big in Kent, I mean, you know, started in Kent and then grew to the point where they are now a global company, there's probably like seven or eight. Yep. And considering how many great small businesses we've got now, just taking that extra step where it's like, um, you know, organizations like yourself come in, help them make that jump from two to seven. Whereas if you've got seven staff, then the likelihood is that you could probably handle 14 or, yeah. and you grow because you have that format in place. And that is something that I'm, I'm really enthused, enthusiastic about. I couldn't speak then enthusiastic about, because that is something that I would love to kind of help start. And that's something that yeah, we, very we're really interested to, to kind of push forward. As well. Yes, because um, the, I mean, this is the first stage for me. And the next stage in the process that I follow is that I'm basically helping people sell more. Yes. Because that's where it all has to start. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants to sell more. And that way they've got more money to invest in doing the other things that mean they can scale. So, yeah, I get it completely. Great. Um, so... That kind of tags in with built for SMEs. So we are an agency that we're not going to try and go for a big corporate client because right now the truth is we just don't have the facility to handle it. Um, and with SMEs who can't afford £500 a day for marketing or £3,500 for a video that's you know that could be done for about nine hundred pound, you know, and that's that's kind of how we built our organisation. So we are built for SMEs that are growing. 
So we are the person who will help you get to that next stage. And the likelihood is, you know, if you're a corporate client that you've stayed with us for that long, the likelihood is you will move to another um, company, but that's okay because, you know, we will always be the people who help you get to that point. And for me, that is the business that I want to build. It's like me. You want them to grow out of you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you grow out of you. But then, you know, there's more SMEs than there are large corporates. Yes. Uh, and, And that's kind of why we built the agency for that as well is that there is a much bigger market um, for SMEs yep okay Um, so we've only got three left from my side Um, (laughs) so we've got partnerships partnerships is a large part of what I like to to do and how we do business is that I cannot provide everything and I don't plan to provide everything. But if you need an age, uh, a website built, then you'll have our previous guest, Stuart Kenny, who is our, you know, who is our website partner. You'll have um, people like Trace Creative, who does the design side, um, who we will pass any work to. And it's, I think that's how SMEs build their, their reach, yeah. but not, not just their reach, but also their, just their relationships. And I think, building relationships is absolutely key to starting a new business because if you don't know anybody and you're too scared to go networking especially in Ken um, then <laughs> you will just get left behind and you could probably start a business and do nothing for 12 months and then finally start trickling in because people somebody's heard of you and somebody's heard of you there um, whereas for me it was a smash and grab uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally just kind of dove into everything I, I speak where I need to speak at public speaking and you know, I'm being paid for speaking events now, which is fantastic. Brilliant. Um, but, you know, it's it was very much a smash and grab when I came in. But that was only because I, I had the confidence, I guess it is, but just my relationships, really, with mm. the partners around me. Engaging is a funny one, really, because engagement can be mean many, many different things. Um, engaging for me is how our content engages with the audience and also how I engage with my clients as well. Um, So engagement as a full kind of uh, thing for me, it's all about just building that trust and communication between everybody around me, whether that's you guys, the listeners, or whether that's, you know, my clients or, or anybody who is around in that sense. Okay. Um, The last one here is flexible. And it kind of built on from adaptability earlier, but flexibility is key for me. It's the only way I've ever learned how to survive um, is that the likelihood is if the voice I didn't work, then we'd be flexible enough to move forward to something else and, and do that. And I think that's, that's something that many businesses struggle with, especially when they hit a certain, a certain mm-hmm. kind of size um, is that they no longer have the freedom to be flexible. Yeah. And that's, that's probably something that I'm, I'm sure that you guys could help with in a, in a yep. sense that, that it allows that freedom within. It's this the whole, process. yeah, it's this whole thing of you need a kind of structure and a framework that keeps everything as it should be the way we do things around here. Yeah. But that somehow has to have built into it the capability to, um, to come up with serendipitous things that, you know, you think, Oh, that wasn't meant to happen, but we like it. Yeah. Let's do it again. And let's now, put it into the system so yeah it's a really difficult balance that most uh you know almost all businesses struggle with yes when they get to a certain size and that's part of what i'm trying to address in the way that i do things is to build you that framework that can is reasonably stable but actually allows you to evolve yeah with the market with technology with everything that changes around 
Okay, fantastic. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break, um, and then once we're back, we're going to continue with this process, and Kirsten's going to help us dive deeper into our unique promise of value um, as a business and explain a little bit more about some of the businesses that she's seen as doing very well in Kent um, and maybe some of the areas for improvement. You know, it's there's, there's a lot of small businesses in Kent um, who could definitely use the help. So we'll take a short break, and we'll be back in a moment. Ooh. Now, we've all been networking, and... Some networking events we tend to find are better than others, and that's just the truth of the matter. Some fit certain personalities and some don't. Now, if you are the person that has, you know, a more relaxed approach to networking, you want to get to know the people around you. Now, this is something that not many networking events do. And if you're sick and tired of the 60-second pitch where you just get thrown business cards at you the entire time and don't really get to do anything, you just get a bunch of you know, cold leads that don't work. Well, that changes with BizLinks. BizLinks is a networking group based in Kent that are in four different locations. So there are four different boards available. To get an invitation to BizLinks, please email pmonger, that's P-M-O-N-G-E-R, at BizLinks, B-I-Z-L-I-N-X hyphen Kent dot co dot UK. That's pmonger at bizlinks-kent.co.uk to get your invite. Trust me, guys, it's well worth the time. Audio is a big part of marketing of the future, and with Maximum Media, we're able to produce fantastic audio content just like this podcast. We are able to provide the voice newsletter or voice blog where we change your blog or standardized newsletter into audio format so you can have your own company podcast it's super cheap and it will create a different buzz around your marketing activity now that's something that we all need to be doing if you're interested please give maximum media a call on 01843 262044 that's 01843 262 044 to learn more about the voice newsletter and how you can adapt your marketing activity over the next five years okay so welcome back after the break there um so so far we've done what is good about us as maximum media with gibson partners uh, with kirsten gibbs as our guest today uh kind of flipping the podcast on its head a little bit and interviewing us um, <laughs> <laughs> which is something very different um so kirsten what are we going to do now now that we've done uh, the what is good about us section yeah. and you're promising we're gonna you? we're gonna dive a little bit more into um how your customers feel um so what we're going to do is I'm going to get you to write some more post-it notes. Uh, again, one thing per post-it note. And I want you to think about what do your customers feel? What are they thinking and feeling? What are they worried about before they find you? Yes. And, okay. and work with you. Okay. So if we do a quick session on that use yep. this color post-it note because we want to distinguish befores and afters okay great so what do they feel before and it may be you know what it's interesting to think about what would they be looking for when they find you and what do they feel about what it is they're looking for it's a difficult one this one actually because you never really think about it from this perspective which i think is good to think about it it is yeah i mean it's um i'm a big fan of seth godin and one of his really really strong 
things that he hammers home at any point he can is that you really do need to empathize with your the people that you're trying to help yeah and get under their skin and in some ways this is a little bit helping you do that yes see i've done something there but actually i don't think that's emotional i think that's more logical it can be logical Um, it's not just emotion but you know there's a lot of these things are, are quite common as well across any kind of business yeah because I guess the problem for any business looking to do something that they're not familiar with is that they don't know what they don't know. You know, what do they believe about your kind of business before they've met you? Yeah. Hmm. It's a difficult one, really. I mean, it's not in a sense, but it is to kind of put it down into words because I, I know in my head what people are looking for uh, but never really kind of had to to write it down before which is uh which is interesting actually um because i think often you know things that come up frequently when we do this with clients is um that people are confused that they're worried about getting ripped off yeah that they don't know what's good because um they don't know it's like if you're trying to buy a car, I mean, it's a cliche when you're female and trying to buy a car, but often, you know, I don't know anything about cars. I don't know whether this one's got a really good engine or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat there. To be honest. It's not just the uh, You know, the and it's the, it's the same for computers. People don't know, and you can get ripped off by people yes. that are just trying to sell you what gives them the best bonus rather than what is right for you. The most extreme example I've come across of this kind of thing is um, I've been to uh, franchise shows, exhibiting at franchise shows, only small local ones. But I'm astounded by the number of people that go to a franchise show and don't look at the stands. They literally refuse to look because they are worried that you're going to catch their eye and try and sell to them. Wow, that's interesting. And you think, how can you do that? How can you yeah. walk around a show and not look at what's there? Why go? Why go? Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing that comes. Uh, first thing that comes to my head there. Um, I think I'm there, and I'll probably think of some more in a minute. That's fine. As we talk it through, but I do think I'm kind of there or thereabouts now. Okay, let's stick them on then. Okay. So we've got a section on the poster here that's what customers feel before. Yeah, so do you want me to talk through talk these? Talk them through again. Okay, so um, I've written that one sideways, um, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so stale is something that I've found quite a lot, uh, and that's kind of one of the biggest things about um, how we've brought in clients into the business so far is that business feel quite stale with their marketing activity. So what they're doing is enough, um, but it's not really doing anything more than just enough. Okay. And uh, kind of being stale in the market or seeing a competitor go, and I probably that that is one to write down, but seeing a competitor do something different. So um, I think with the... Sorry, very difficult to write and read uh, <laughs> and speak at the same time. <laughs> Uh, competitor worries there we go so yeah uh, and it's it's about worrying about their competitors what they're doing so almost 
So they want to kind of jump on first before the competitor. You know, I've had people um, speak to me about the podcast and said, you know, if we if we do sponsor the podcast, can you have no other uh, person from this industry even as a guest? And I said, well, no, because that's not how it works. I'm not going to mm. take your money and then just forget about everybody else. That's not really how I want to do things. But they are worried that if a competitor comes on, then they're likely to get the business ahead of them. So yes. to me personally, that just seems like they aren't confident in what they're doing. Yes, I mean, I would say it, they haven't done enough of this kind of exercise to really understand themselves yeah, absolutely. how they are better than their competitors for some people. Yes, That's the whole thing. You don't want everyone. No, you will never get 100% of the people. No. What you want is 100% of the 3% that actually care about your business. Yes. Um and that's kind of how I've always thought about it. Um, looking for a partner, and that sounds a bit dateline-y, um, but actually I mean it in the sense that they're looking for somebody who can work in their business um, who is a trusted advisor. Um, a lot of businesses say, want somebody to kind of sit alongside, especially at SME, because they don't know everything. They may yeah. not know that. and that's kind of how I've built a lot of relationships is become a trusted advisor. So if they ask me, I don't know, even if it's something that is something completely different, but if I have an opinion on something, um, then, you know, if they get to some uh, a position where they're able to ask me those questions, then you can sit a, as a non-executive board of director almost to their business. Yeah. Also, the thing I've found is that what people really want, especially SMEs, what they really want is somebody to help them do it. Yes. There's an awful lot of people who will tell you what you need to do and then leave you and to get on with it. For that. <laughs> yeah. uh, whereas, you know, I find that what works really well is getting hands on and practical and saying, I'm not just going to tell you what you need to do. I'm actually going to help you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's the difference between um, a good consultant almost and a very bad consultant is yeah. that every consultant can tell you what you should do but nobody's willing to do it themselves um a lack of clarity yep um so that's quite a big one for for me especially in the message that they're trying to deliver so um looking at people's social media platforms or just anything they're doing they've got one logo here another logo there um somebody here who's the expert in this but on their website it's somebody completely different so and and that's quite a big part is a lack of clarity of message um but also brand so something like this would definitely help because there's there are no i they have no idea who they are yeah and the the problem is as well for smes we tend to get you know and i will include myself in this having done this in the past but you tend to get uh too sucked into tactics before you've worked out what your strategy should be absolutely and this is the thing you have to kind of pull back think what's what am I really about? And if that's what I'm really about and who I want to uh, serve as a customer, then how do I get to them strategically first? And then you think about tactics. And this is where there's an awful lot of confusion and snake oil is people selling the tactic. Yes. Rather than helping people to work out the strategy strategy. first yeah absolutely and i uh, i got um given a great reference just before i started the business actually um i was at a networking event and they said ben running a business is like doing um the front crawl in swimming is that you're constantly just moving because you want to get to the other side but actually in reality you need to lift up your head and take a breath and that's where you deliver the strategy yeah whereas before you start 
you need all the breath in the world <laughs> um, and then as soon as you go that's when you'll be stuck in the trenches and you need to kind of lift your head out of it yeah um so yeah absolutely and i think that's similar to how you said it's similar to all smes um wanting something different a lot of that is to do with cost almost but also a level of knowledge so it's a lot of people say they can do a thousand things whereas in reality they can do one thing very very well mm. and then the other 999 <laughs> things are just okay um and that's something that that's we've seen especially with with our customers uh, worried about what's next and what i mean by that is what's the future going to hold especially when you're looking at marketing or video or anything like that is that what is actually going to be next everybody's looking for the next big thing that they can jump on the bandwagon of mm. um and i think that's that's quite a big worry for for a lot of owners of uh of SMEs so there's that, a big fear had. of missing out if they don't yeah, absolutely take it yes um and that is something that it's almost fear-led um in a sense that they some people just jump into decisions because they think it's the next big thing but have done no research um whereas you know, I'd always recommend to do the research first, even to the point where you understand roughly what it is. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of people jump in uh, head first. So the next one is want to prepare for the future. Now, this is actually probably 10% of, <laughs> of businesses that actually look at this. Um, so they're so worried, similar to how you said, they're so worried about doing stuff now, the tactical, what are they doing on a day-to-day -day basis? That And that, that is very much a strategy question. Um, so if they want to prepare for the future, what is their strategy for the next 10 years rather than the next 10 months? Mm. Um, and that's, that's a big thing for us. Uh, the need to increase brand, that was more of a logical thing because it's a need rather than a want. But I think a lot of people have noticed a need to increase their brand, um, especially in specific areas, doing different things. And that's that's a large part of, of some of the things that we've seen that customers have felt beforehand. Um, so the final thing that I've got here is worried about being ripped off. And you mentioned it earlier, but I think it's a large part of it. And especially for marketing activity, mm. there's some companies who charge, I don't know, £650 for a day's worth of marketing. Whereas in reality, guys, it takes 10 minutes to sort out marketing. Um, if you're good at what you do, it will take you 10 minutes and you can plan it in a way that it sets up your whole week. Um, and that's why people are being overcharged and being ripped off. And I think people worry about that quite a bit. Um, you know, I've had people sign up to us and said, well, we got, you know, we got quoted 2000 for a week's worth of marketing. And I said, well, that's disgusting because it's, it does not take that much. And nobody's time is worth that much unless you're a multimillionaire business owner um, where your time is worth 2000 pound for a week. Um, especially when it's just a, a member of staff, probably an intern who's doing the marketing for them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just not a great position to be in. So uh, that, that's quite a big part of, of what we do as well. Okay, brilliant. So the next step is the other half of this poster, which is what your customers feel after they found you okay. and after they've worked with you. So different color post-it notes yep, so we'll that I can tell ones. when I take them away. Okay, so we'll go through these ones. So this is the bit I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, quicker. I say that and then my mind just went completely black. <laughs> um, typically. 
And some of them clearly are going to be kind of a flip of the befores. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a large part of it. It's often the case. I mean, we do it that way because asking about what they feel before and after, because sometimes it's easier to think of the negative of something than it is to think of the positive, especially for us Brits. Yes, yeah, it's a very British thing to do that. Uh, relax, prepare. Okay, I think that's pretty much what I've got off the top of my head. Okay, so we do the same thing. You're going to stick them on there and tell me as you stick them why you have written what you've written okay so the first one i've chosen is aware so they're aware of what's happening with their business um and they are very clear about what's happening as well so um yeah they're they're very clear about what's going on with the business it's they're aware of their strategy more so um and how do you do that for them then so we we actually provide um, with our marketing structure we we provide two different things. So we provide marketing strategy and marketing execution. Right. And I've always seen those as two very different things. So marketing strategy is what are you actually planning to do over the next um, I don't know five years yep. on a yearly basis with an overall goal for five years time, and that is structured in a month by month basis on a week by week planning, um, and that's something that we provide. So they are fully aware of what they there's an expectation set right at the beginning that these are the kpis we need to hit um so and that's number of new of clients what kind of kind of client yeah so it selling could just, what products what, yeah it could boil down very much to just how many likes on a post that they do about i don't know a seminar how many bums on seats at a seminar seminar things like that yeah um so they are fully aware of what's happening as a full service strategy for their business um i put confident Confidence a large part about what we do because I think it's after somebody has dealt with us, they feel confident about what we offer. Yep. Um, I think the initial part is when they feel before, we need to bridge that gap probably a little bit better in a lot of ways. Um, but once they've dealt with us, they are very confident in the service we provide. Um, now, a lot of these sound like buzzwords, but it's quite a big thing for, for us, for our clients to be happy. Um, and I mean that in a sense that they're happy with the service provided, but also they're happy with where their business is going mm-hmm. and what they've planned over the next five years as well. Uh, and that, that, is, uh, that is a large part of what we do. Uh, now, I'm going to leave one to the end because it sounds a bit fluffy, um, but we're going to explain that a little bit more. So prepared, once again, more so in, in, with the awareness. They feel prepared for the future. They're not scared about what's happening around them. And they are very clear in their strategy, which is our next post-it note. So they're clear in the strategy, what's going on with the business. And through that, they've built a great relationship with the audience. Brilliant. That's a large part of what we do. And that's something that we, we push, you know, we, we change the way people speak to their audiences. I've got calm here. (laughs) Now calm is relative in a business sense. (laughs) Um, and I'm not sure many business owners feel calm a lot of the time, but th- they can be calm in knowing that if they have to go on holiday for a week, nothing is going to be left. It's all going to be maintained and it's project managed to a T as well. So that is something that you're looking after it for them we, so they yeah, can leave but, it. And that also goes into our next one, which is relaxed. They yep. can they can relax if they go away. They don't have to constantly call us. We are on it at all times. Brilliant. Um, comfortable just comfortable in the knowledge that we are doing what we're doing and uh, they don't have to track us the whole time and they don't have to worry about being ripped off. They know our pricing structures. They know why it's set that way. 
Um, and which leads us on to our last two. So our penultimate one is excited, excited for the future of the business and excited for how successful it's been so far. Um, and also excited for the feedback they've been getting from their clients as well, which Lovely. is something that, that we've specialized in. Yeah. And the last one is strong. And uh, that sounds quite fluffy in a sense that all businesses can be strong. Um, but I think for me, it's they're in a strong position um, and they keep themselves in that strong position. So they've got a firm base to now build on over the next 10 years. And that is effectively what we want to do. So we want to build a strong base so that they can grow out of us. Yeah. And once they feel strong in the position they're in, that is when we know we've done a good job. Brilliant. Okay. I'm going to add one more to that. Okay, go for it. What is it? Which is connected. Okay, why connected? Because I think part of what you're doing is helping them really connect to their audience. And that's a really powerful that's a really powerful thing for a business to have a following. Yes. Um again it comes back to, you know, my favorite marketing guru which is Seth Godin, which is all about it's all about building um, a connection with the people that you want to serve yeah. in a way that mean that will last. I mean, if you look at Seth Godin, I think he's been writing a daily blog for about 18 years. Yes. And we all feel like we know him. Yeah. And whenever, whenever he mentions something that he's doing, there's a good proportion of the people who read that blog every day will just go, yeah, I'll have that. Yes. And yeah. that's kind of what you want. And it's not a manipulative thing at no. all. It's a, he knows us so well, we know that what he's doing is going to help us. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's a similar um, kind of ethos from a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. And he's quite a split personality in sense yeah. that um, you either love him or you hate him. Uh, but he wrote a book called uh, uh, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. Um, and that is all about free content, free everything. So you, you give 90% of your stuff away for free, but the mm. 10% is the thing that you keep reserved for the charge. So you keep throwing um, free content out, providing value to people, yep. um, constant value at all times. And then once you've built enough value, then if you ask for something, people are like, yes, because I trust him. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, if, if Ben says that that's the thing to do, then that's the thing to do. And, and that's something that... I'm trying to build personally and you know businesses should always be trying to build constantly yep. okay brilliant <coughs> good now this is looking really nice so the last step we're going to do now is I'm going to take these lovely post-it notes that I can't buy anymore <laughs> in the shape of a speech bubble in the shape of a speech bubble I love them uh, is and I want I'm going to give you three okay. because what I want you to do now is go through all the things that you we've got that are the good about us and the things that people feel after they've worked with you. Yes. And I want you to pick the top three. Okay. And I've given you a different post-it note because we're going to sit, we're going to copy them. So when you've picked your top three, copy each one of them onto one of these post-it notes and then we'll stick it in the top three part okay. of the poster. And I will have a go too, so we have at least two viewpoints of okay, great. what the top three are. There's quite a lot that we've done, actually. There's a lot here. <laughs> it's, I, I, I think this is a brilliant process. Yes. And uh, 
because you can get an awful lot out of people that they would never dream of just saying yeah absolutely and it's quite difficult I, I guess it's quite difficult to explain without showing yeah um so yes thank you for for allowing me to do this it's very interesting um so well i'm considering i'm thinking about how to do this in future actually yes so one of my because the the thing that i do as a as a business is a fairly long and intensive piece of work yeah so I'm actually considering doing this almost for free as the first step. And I think personally that would be a fantastic way of helping people understand what you do. Um, and, you know, you could probably streamline it slightly, but equally, um, depending on time. So if people come to you, then obviously it's a, the investment of time is less and, and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I'm actually done with mine. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Better than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, you go first. Okay, so the three that I have are destructive, authentic, and strong. Brilliant. Um, so strong being uh, how the customers feel after we've worked with them. Authenticity is is absolutely vital for me personally. I, I think it's a it's a large part of of who I am, or who I strive to be at least, and and what we do as a business. Um, and disruptive, I constantly want to be disrupting markets because I feel like. I need to help shake things up. And if people hate me for that, I apologize. Um, but actually, I don't care that much. You don't so, really care. Yeah, I don't really care that much. But um, yeah, so that they're three of the key things for me. Okay, brilliant. Because um, if, if they hate you, they're just not your customer. Exactly. And I, I think that's something that I kind of went into the business knowing is that I don't want to wear a suit to work every day. Um, I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. I've done that before and I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Um, so being in my own skin, if people take me for what that is, then fantastic. They, you know, I'd happily work with them and that's amazing to have that feeling uh, where it's... people trust you for you. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to be unauthentic. No, no, sense, it's so. such a, it's such a liberating thing actually to realize that you don't need, you don't need everyone. Um, I mean, another thing I remember Barnaby told me, Many years ago, Barnaby Winter was talking to me about my business and it was, you know, how many clients can you deal with in a year? Yeah. Well, for the full works, I can do two. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, you don't need all of them then, no. do you? No, there absolutely. are 200,000 plus businesses in the UK employing between one and nine people. You know, I'm not even going to make a dent yes. the way I'm going at the moment. But there are plans. <laughs> so, um, so you know, that's a big thing. You don't need everybody. You only need the people who get you. Yes. And the way you're going to get them to get you is to do an exercise, something like this, so that you can now say, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what drives me. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, that's fine. Yes, exactly. And it's much less bland than corporates feel they yes. have to be. People really f empathise with a business that has a kind of personality and a purpose. Yes. So that's what this is about. So my three for you, authentic, definitely. Great. Um, built for SMEs. Yeah, see, I, 
I was saying a moment ago, I wish I had five because I had two more that I really wanted to put in there. Um, but, you know, it's the exercise. We get it down to three, yeah. but that would have been one of them as well. And connected was my yeah. other one. So, yeah, good. Brilliant. So what I'm going to do now is I will take this away and do a little bit of magic on it and come back with something that you will recognize as having come from here, but won't necessarily be exactly the same words. Okay that will try and pull together all of this into a kind of picture of the business. So it'll be, this is how we are, these are our values, this is how we behave, yes. this is the way we do things. Um, these are the things we actually do for our clients. Here's the benefits. Yep. And then the last thing is, this is something about the relationship that we create with our clients this is how we connect yes. to our clients and what we become for them as they go forward with their businesses yeah and then the real magic is to look at all that and come up with something in the middle that kind of sums up what you're about and the beauty of it is this should not change very much over time because it's you and you will refine it you may discover some little nuances that you yeah. didn't know about before, but it shouldn't change. And that way, um, and that's, I think, how you can use it as a basis for creating a business that does evolve, that does change, but the fundamental who you are doesn't. So a brilliant example of this is uh, one of my previous clients is a dog walking business, uh, which no doubt some people will have heard me talk about before. They're called Dognose, and the lady who founded it, Bob's, um, her promise of value was fundamentally about helping a dog and its owner have the best possible relationship they can over their lifetime together. Yeah. Um, so that informed everything that she does. So it's how she packages it up, how she markets it, and then how she delivers that service to her customers. And when you know what your promise of value is, the rest of it is really easy to make, well, easy. It's quite easy to make happen. Yes. And the beauty is, again, it will always be unique because you are a unique person that's founded a business kind of in your image. So it'll never be the same as anybody else's, yeah. which means there will always be some people who prefer you to everybody else. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what this is all about. Okay, fantastic. So thank you very much for today, Kirsten. I really appreciate it. And you will be joining us again next month on the podcast to, to feedback for uh, from the activity that we've, we've taken today with the promise of value. Um, so one thing that we like to do at the end of every podcast is ask a question to the audience. Mm. So what is one question that you would love to have answered by the audience of the Kent Business Podcast? One question. My question I'd like to ask is what is it that businesses that want to get significantly bigger, what is it that they think stops them doing it? Okay, thank you very much. So what's the best way of people getting in touch? So if you'd like to answer that question, um, please go over to Twitter at Maximum underscore Media UK and, um, and please answer the question with the hashtag 
Kent Business Podcast, and we can get those answers in for Kirsten as well. And we can build that conversation from there. Yep. Um, Kirsten, what's the best way of people getting in touch with you if they're interested in, in even um, sitting down and maybe looking at this as their promise of value? Okay. Uh, the best way to get in touch is to call me, phone okay. me. Uh, I'll give you my mobile number, yes. which is 07939160379. Okay, fantastic. I always like speaking to people. Yes, it's uh, it's a much nicer experience yeah. uh, having it on the phone because you get to know the person yeah. um, a little bit more. Um, oh, okay, perfect. So thank oh, you very much for today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's been really interesting. Thank yes, you. fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the other side of this next month. Okay. So Bye. thank you very much, Kirsten. Cheers. And I'll see you all next time on the Kent Business Podcast. Bye.